0: Hello and welcome to the Hoop Troop Podcast. I am Matt O'Connor and joining me as they do on all of our shows is my cousin Luke Drobner. What's up guys? And my brother Mike O'Connor. Hello. And we're back. The 2022-2023 NBA season is now over. Right? I got my years right. Yeah, it's 2023. Um, The Denver Nuggets won their first championship in franchise history on the backs of uh, Nikola Jokic. Jamal Murray, I guess I'll give him just as much credit. He had a great finals. Aaron Gordon uh, had a great finals, too. Yeah. Honestly, the whole team played well other than, like,
1: Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> to be fair, though, Porter in the last game did what he needed to do. He had, like, 9 and 8. Yeah, that's fair. But, like, he was just chucking.
0: He was bricking. That's his hard.
2: job, though, to chuck.
0: I know. that's his job is to chuck. But when you're not doing your job well, like, it's not like he's, like, the best defender. I was more I get impressed.
1: Rebounds. I was more impressed that... His shot wasn't falling the whole series. Like he was not the guy. He accepted a benching without yeah. drama. Several times. And then came out, came out in the game five and rebounded. Like did contributed That to me, like that, it was cool to see. I think uh, it speaks to
0: the Nuggets franchise and just Michael Malone too. Like they just have good leadership there. You can tell. Yeah. Like it's just everyone kind of understands and appreciates, you know, what they're putting together. And it's also something that. I think they're going to be able to sustain like this team even with the new uh, like the CBA with the different payroll, like or the different uh, tax rules and stuff like that. I still think they're going to be able to like maintain this into the future. Um, they're probably gonna to have to hit on a few like late round lottery picks and things like that, or like late round picks,
2: maybe like late lottery picks. But yeah, I think they could easily keep winning. Yeah. They definitely have a. I, I think uh, almost all their servers besides KCP, are on contract for like the next three or four years. So,
0: yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys have any other takeaways from either the season, the finals, whatever? I know we're a couple weeks removed from, or a week or so removed from the end of the finals, but so I don't want to like beat the points that have been beaten to death,
2: but. I think it's important to talk about the team mentality. Uh, we talk about it with Jalen Brunson and the mindset he brings, the point guard of the New York Knicks, and how he's kind of changed the culture a little bit. You see, like, every guy on the Nuggets is so selfless in the same type of way that Jalen Brunson, like, always giving credit to his teammates and things like that. Right? It starts with Jokic, but even, like, the other guys, when they get up on the media, oh, man, i got to thank my teammates. Like, they make it so easy, yada, yada, yada. And the same thing with the Miami Heat, right? Like, maybe it doesn't come out as vocally or as verbally, but... Like they all play for each other, so it's interesting to see those type of teams in the finals, rather than like a team like the Lakers, where you know it's about LeBron and AD, or the Celtics, where you know it's about Brown and Tatum. So it's just interesting to think about.
0: This reminds me so much of the San Antonio Spurs, and granted, their timelines are a little different, but I mean, you have this prolific all-time big man, follow, and then you have, I mean let's face it, Jamal Murray starting to get more love nationally. Like he's going to be start being on all pro teams. He's going to be like, a lot like Tony Parker was for those Spurs teams. I mean, he was in MVP conversations at points. So like, I think realistically there's so many similarities and that selflessness really. I mean, if they do build this properly and you avoid any additional future injuries, I mean, this team could definitely win, you know, two, honestly, maybe even two more championships. I don't know. At least,
2: would yeah. you be shocked? No. What's got a whole lot tougher, though. Well,
1: did I, it? I was saying this to Matthew yesterday. I was saying this to Matthew yesterday about the Beal trade, which, of course, like we're going to touch on that. But right now, I think you have to say, all right, this team looks pretty good, but is it beating Jokic? Is it beating the Nuggets? And They're the
0: baseline. They're absolutely
1: the – you have I, to look to see if you can beat them.
0: I can't think of a team right now that could in the west there is one pretty big variable for them this offseason and that's uh bruce brown because bruce brown could, in theory make like double what they're able to offer i think they can offer him like seven to nine million something like that um in whatever their mid-level exception is or whatever it is and then but just on the open market realistically he would make 15 to 20 probably so ah, it's gonna be hard for them to keep him unless he gives them like a we won a championship, I want to run it back.
2: Yeah, but let, let's say they just get one more year out of them, right? Right. Not bad.
0: Right, and but also, that's up to him. I mean, if someone shows you double the amount of money, it's tempting, especially if you're going to another good situation where they're paying you that, you know? Like, if you're going to a different contender... And I mean, he, he, was in, double, he was on a contender in Brooklyn. That's, I mean, that's true. I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying... Also, that could have worked, but I won't go there. That's, that's like, yeah, I don't want to, you know, unbury
1: the dead, but that's. Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown is good and I think would be a tough loss for them. But I still think you can plug and play with the, the core core and be very okay. I, that being said, Bruce Brown deserves a huge contract and is going to be on winning teams for sure. And that's a blow to the Nuggets. But I think similarly, like the Spurs over the five Duncan championships looked different on the fringes in the Bruce Brown slot, you know? Like, yeah. That, I
0: mean, you know? like, but that's every team. I mean, look at all of these like sustained winners, the role players always change, but they find guys that you can plug and play, but generally that core group stays the same. So like yeah. yes, losing Bruce Brown would be killer, but you got to figure Christian Brown's going to then take on a bigger role realistically. I mean, he played great in the finals and he's only a rookie. So you got to figure he gets better in the off season, takes on a bigger role. You might not need Bruce Brown, but I mean, that offensive rebound essentially sealed it for them. So, like little things like that. Uh, I mean, you're going to miss his presence for sure, but I don't think that's like the be all end all. Um, I
2: think they could they could find someone like a. I mean, I think Alex Caruso is a really good comp, but also another one of those guys where probably out in the open market is worth fifteen million. I'm not sure if that's someone they're going to be able to attract on whatever contract they can offer. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, well, you were about to say something. Like- I have a takeaway
1: to answer, like, your continued question on takeaways. It's my, like, first take, hot take. I think this postseason in particular, even though it's every postseason, just proved again, it's who's healthy at the end, who has the most people, and it really does come down to those last eight, eight, six to eight minutes in the fourth quarter, like, these are our best guys against your best guys, who's got legs, who's playing defense really hard, that type of thing, that's going to win the championship and get you past a plane if you pass the first round. Are we going to see... Oh, and a, and a good example of this is the Lakers were all over the place all year and get to the Western Conference Final because they were all healthy at the same time and obviously made changes, but got healthy. Are we going I'm gonna, to... See, I'm going
0: to I'm gonna put an asterisk on healthy with whatever was going on with LeBron, but... Oh, but
1: still, he played.
0: Yes, no, 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 exactly. Well, but we don't really know what was going on there.
1: the question, is this going to make resting worse are we gonna see less and less of the stars like you're telling me this is i think this tells jimmy butler like i'm playing 48 games this year
0: well i also think i think that new 65 game rule to qualify for the all pro teams and things like that that's gonna then drive people to play more but even then you're missing let's say you miss let's say you play 65 you're missing like 15 games or whatever so like you could still sit out plenty and still qualify But you can't risk it as much. Because like in the event you do get hurt later in the year, you'd get disqualified. So you might see more people resting at the at the tail end of the season who like, all right, we have five games left. I'd still qualify. Let's just shut them down until the playoffs. But like beyond that, I can't I think it's gonna change for sure.
1: Like Jokic only didn't get the MVP because they did that. They they posted.
0: Also, Um, like I I would have voted for Jokic, but I get why Embiid won it. Like, the narrative was there. He was also playing very well, and it is a regular season award. But what Jokic did in that playoff run, like, he's a historically good big man. Undeniably.
2: Yeah, but so not could Embiid. Not to get back
0: to the like, Nuggets. I know we're kind like of Embiid, off them, but.
2: If, if Embiid won the championship, would we not be saying generational talent? I mean, where do you, how about this?
0: All-time Dwight Howard versus all-time Embiid, like, at their peak.
2: Who would you rather have? Uh, I don't know, that's a, that's more of a scheme fit, but I, I mean, Embiid does a lot, Embiid does a lot of what Jokic does, right. it's a little but more saying, volleyball, like, but
0: I'm saying I'm putting them in the same category. Like, do you compare, I compare Jokic to like a Hakeem Olajuwon, a skilled big man who led a team to a championship?
2: Yeah, I still like if you have a prime Dwight Howard, if you, have, I don't know, what was it, like 2006 Dwight Howard, when was it that they when did they the beat finals, LeBron in the finals balls?
0: in 09? Or 08, maybe? 08? I don't know. 08 was the Celtics. 09 was the Magic.
2: You're not thinking that 08, Dwight Howard could have locked down a Jokic?
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: There's no locking down Jokic. Don't get me wrong, right? There's so many ways he can beat you, but... The game also evolved. Like,
0: I I think he was way more of like a leave him in the paint type center where Jokic would just draw him out. So, like, it is very different. Like, you didn't have big men shooting like this then. Um. I mean, Jokic also almost shot like 50% from three
2: in this playoff run.
0: Insane.
2: So like, he, It was ridiculous, don't get me wrong, but uh, uh, you know, uh, it's hard to win three straight MVPs. You gotta, yeah, I don't know. Voter fatigue, who, all that. Who was the last that did it, Larry Bird? Well,
0: yeah, I mean, LeBron should have, but whatever. I won't get LeBron, into that either. There was like a 10-year stretch when LeBron should have won it every year. But, alright, so let's talk about, since we've kind of gone over that, let's go over the arms race now this offseason because I think we've kind of touched on the new CBA already but like that alone I think teams are now either going to commit to we have to win right now before this kicks in or we're going to punt and win later and like wait for teams to get kind of screwed over by that new uh, the double tax or whatever so we've already seen the one trade Bradley Beals of the Suns for virtually nothing because of the no trade clause I mean it's Chris Paul Landry Shamit and like every remaining pick and pick swap they have which is like six second rounders and like two pick swaps or something. But anyway, I digress. That's a huge trade that now the Suns have three guys on their roster, four guys on the roster, whatever the hell it is. I think they have five guys under
2: contract, right?
0: Yes. But you're seeing now they're they picked the, they picked the one lane where it's all right. It's now or never. They literally don't have a first round pick for the rest of the decade. Like they're, well, they do, but it's a swap. So they're going to have the worst one. Like they're not in a great spot. If this goes south, um, You also have the Wizards now who are taking the opposite side of things where they're just like, send us your bad contracts. We're going to be bad for a while and tank. So, like, what do we envision now as the next big domino to fall this offseason? Because there's a a ton and the draft is in two days, three days.
2: I can't help but feel the Pelicans are going to make a move, whether it's Brendan Ingram or Zion. And I guess we haven't really touched upon it, but the Zion Williamson thing with the baby mamas and the – not uh, baby mamas yeah insane it's a circus and i, mean, I know we crazy. keep talking about it new york but
0: i mean he is from day one that he got sent there he was not dialed in to be in new orleans which is why all these reports are coming out that he has no relationship the front office and his teammates that's the part that worries me about him is like how are you not connecting with your teammates even if you don't like the direction of the organization don't you like the guys you're with
2: I mean, there were reports from when he missed what, well, like a whole season or something like that, where he wasn't doing rehab with the team. He was doing rehab in like Portland or something like that, right? He wasn't with the team, so I, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Don't get me wrong; um, it's obviously very concerning. I'm not, I'm not so much concerned about like, you know, is Zion Williamson a good basketball player? It's like, is this somebody I want in my locker room? You know,
0: I think I... him, him where he wants to be would be. I think he'd be playing. I think he would be motivated. I think he didn't want to be there. And so I think he was like, he got all his money and he's just like, all right, fine. I can be, I can play yeah. 20 years a Nothing matters
2: here. But you can say, I don't want to be there. And, you know, you can still play through your contract and you can make it work and things like that, right? There there are ways to go about being a productive person. You hurt your image. You hurt your value. Um, you know, like if I'm a team and I'm like, I want a Zion Williamson on my team. What does that entail? Like, who, who is Zion Williamson? Who am I getting? You think about top NBA teams, right? Think about top NBA players. We just talked about it, right? Like the guys on the Nuggets, they all bring an attitude, they bring a direction, they bring a a a personality to the team that that people want to be around, that people are drawn to. Is Zion somebody I want to be drawn to? Is Zion somebody I want in my team? You know, the thing is, when he plays, he is like arguably a top ten player when he played- when Alan, yeah when allen iverson Alan iverson has an mvp never won a championship right like he was on some great teams never did anything right
0: yes but i'm saying like he's one of the few players where when he's on the court i'm like i don't know how you stop this like i don't i cannot figure out how you stop him and there aren't many players like that like there yeah. there i could probably count on tops two hands how many players are. i'm like all right he's unstoppable there's nothing we can do so that upside and the fact that he's what 22 years old like very rarely does a guy of that caliber that young become available and yes i understand that it comes with a ton of baggage and it comes with like injury risk and whatever he makes a lot of money obviously i understand all of that how do you not at least kick the tires on it and say all right what's gonna cost me what's it gonna look like like
2: i don't i don't want to take a step backwards right that's my concern
0: but like if you're one of these teams that I don't. don't I'm a a team. I'm a
2: team, and I trade for Zion Williamson. Let's say everything we say about him is true. He's a distraction off the court. He's injury prone. He doesn't want to be here. You know that all that stuff continues, and I just gave up a lot of assets for him: multiple picks, top talent, other young players. Right? Like, what? What do I have to give up? I don't want to take that step back. I don't want to risk having to take that step back. I can look at what I have. I can assess what I have, and I can move forward with it. So, Luke, I completely agree, and I know we're all like.
1: Not mentioning the team, but it's the Knicks. Obviously. Well no, I
2: mean I
0: also think about it for Portland. Portland,
1: Portland for sure.
0: Trading trading three. I mean, if the rumors are true. So that's the other thing we should say for the our listeners here. The rumor is that Portland and I mean, honestly, I've heard a ton about Charlotte looking to trade either two or three for Portland to the Pelicans. For Zion and whatever else would be involved, but essentially that those high picks would be involved and the Pelicans want Scoot Henderson. So if you're Portland and you're trying to keep Dame happy, like doesn't this accomplish that? Don't you become immensely better by having Dame and Zion on the court?
1: Yes. Yes. Zion has to be on the court
0: though. Right. And also the other thing I want to point out is that if you're drafting if the alternative is drafting Scoot Henderson, because I'm not sold on Brandon Miller as much as I am on Scoot Henderson. I think Scoot is probably number two. I know there's been a lot of, you back see all like, the, the rumors, the back and forth about who's actually going to. I personally think it's Scoot. He doesn't. He's not like the best compliment to Dame, and he's not the best compliment to Me- Lamelo. If you're either of those teams, aren't you like, all right, Zion's a much better fit fit next to my point guard. Like, yeah, hundred percent.
2: Here, the weird and thing about
0: that Scoot's gonna materialize in the NBA either so like there's no guarantee you, yeah, yeah, yeah you know what you're getting with zion with potential like huge upside versus an unknown with scoot with obvious upside as well so like
1: ah yes my, oh my. would you make this trade for Ja? if jaw was in the zion slot uh
2: damn that's tough
1: because then i know a...
2: both of them. i i just i don't need that in my locker room because me suspension's more suspension's hard the suspension more... makes it hard
1: Well, after the suspension. Okay. I'm talking more about the attitude mixed with the the injury. The injury prone. The thing about Zion that's so weird just through the Duke years and getting drafted and the way he interviews and used to interview, this feels really uncharacteristic.
0: It feels think about when he blew his – remember when he blew out of that shoe and everyone was like, you should shut it down. You're going to be – I mean, people were basically looking at him the way that we're looking at Wemba Nyambo, where he was like, this is like the guy who's going to be the face of the NBA, all that. Like, he should not be playing. And, like, he was like, no, I'm going to keep playing. Yeah, like I mean,
2: Success at 19 goes to your head. You know, like uh, Nike he hands you $100 million I just
0: don't think he likes where he is, and he's not motivated. I think a change of scenery, and he
1: would suddenly snap right back. But Matthew, it's so interesting that you're not concerned about the injury part. Like, I'm more worried about he's overweight. Uh, he's he's chubby. To put he's him on ready? a diet; he would lose he's, that weight. He's been getting hurt since high school. His game is not the game that you want to bet on these days. Honestly, the jumping up and down and like a, a, a point. Also,
2: also like what I want to see from a generational NBA talent is not someone who's like, well, I just don't want to be in New Orleans, right? If you're gonna be the if you're gonna be a top five player in the NBA, you don't make choices like that you want to be a top five player in the NBA, you go to work every day, you show up, you play hard. You that, like, that's like, there, there, there's yeah. right. There, there's, there are good basketball players. And then there are NBA basketball players, right? You have to be an unreal person. You need to be so outstanding, mentally strong, physically strong. You to show up to work eight hours a day, right? Like th- these are things you, you don't teach. They're intangibles to, and yeah. I, like if, if I have to give up, a top five player package. If I have to give up the Anthony Davis package to get Zion on my team, it's not worth it. Cause I don't see those intangibles from him. And it's,
1: it's like, I said this to Matthew yesterday, they go Alexander Alexander's first team, all NBA all-star. He went to OKC and could have just been a loser. And he wasn't. Exactly. And like guy shows up to work and he different makes you a first team, all NBA. Like, it's crazy. You know, I, no, I mean, I'm with you. And then I'll send it over to Matthew because I bet this is where he was going. Like, no matter what Luke is saying, the teams are going to trade for that. For Zion. Zion's going to get the-, the upside is so tantalizing. It's, it's, I for me personally, like,
0: I look at it, and I'm like, there's never a guy this young available, especially with just the way that the money and the contracts work out. Like, I'm trying to think of the last one where, like, it was like, okay, it's Chris Dapps, I think, where he was on his rookie deal but hurt. So the Mavericks traded for him and, like, it was a diminished return because he was hurt. Zion's gonna have a similar thing going on where it's gonna be less than you would
2: normally have to get like that. It wasn't like and Porzingis like, became a all-star all NBA on the Mavericks. Right,
0: but he was that on the Knicks. And he was that on the Pelicans. And I know it is a risk and I recognize it's a risk. Porzingis is seven foot three with a torn ACL. Zion doesn't have that injury. So like ah and also Porzingis is starting to show signs of life again, which I don't know if we're gonna get into that on this podcast, but like, he's an interesting part of this offseason, too. But anyway, the thing I do want to more so get into then, you're out on trading Zion, fine. If you're Portland, 100%. you have number three. It's they're, Everything they're putting out there is that they're committed to Dame. The rumor is if they don't trade number three, Dame is going to ask out. What are you doing if you're Portland?
2: In all honesty, if I'm Portland, I'm just picking a direction. I think the most confusing thing about the rumors we see online are one day it's like Dame's like, yeah, I want to go to Miami. I want to go to Brooklyn. Right. And then next thing we see from him, I want to be here in Portland. Right. And the same thing from the front office, we wanted to keep Damien Lillard. We're looking for options for Damien Lillard, right? Like what's going on? What are we doing here? Right. We have to, we have to find a pattern or a formula or something. And we just have to say, this is where we are. And if I'm Portland and you know, I have the number three pick, I have guys like and Sharp on my roster you know, I'm I'm thinking about moving Lillard, and if I'm not moving Lillard, then I got a package number three and some of my young players for some veterans. I know there's been rumors of an you know, OG Ananobi trade. I think that would be a great fit. I think him and Jeremy Grant could could fit well on that team. But you're again, out, like though. you have to make a decision.
0: You make that move, you're not winning. You're not getting back to what Michael said. You're not beating Denver. You're not. You're not. So, like, what does that accomplish? That's why I personally think. If you're going to take the swing, you have to take the swing for upside and you go for Zion. I won't get back into it, but that's why I look at it because everything else available, like, let's say, I mean, there's rumors Carl Anthony Towns is in trade rumors. You trade for him because I don't think that solves your problem.
2: You can find a way to swing Nurkic and the number three pick and maybe shit and Sharp for Ananobi and Pat. You've They're greatly increased ones. your chances. Yes, but,
1: right. It would take a couple moves. It's not just one.
2: If they, like if I can go my no go go on if I can take a couple couple picks away from Miami for Damian Lillard, why not? Right, rebuild around number three.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how I look at it. And hero, I say I want everything because it's not like if if you put Dame on the market, there's going to be other people involved. The Nets are rumored to be really interested. Like, if I'm them, I'm saying all right, give me hero and your picks. Give me hero and three picks.
1: Why are you shaking your head? Well, it just is intriguing and it's a fake trade. But why would the can Milwaukee even call? Can Milwaukee make a call? about? I don't it? think they have the assets to make it work. Milwaukee's got to do something. They do. They but, don't have the
0: high draft pick or like even the future draft picks because they, they're still tied up with the Drew trade. Yeah. So and like but, the Knicks have one of their picks.
1: Yeah. So anyway, that was a weird Milwaukee detour, but it's no, just, it would be a
0: perfect fit. It would be a great fit.
1: It's um, going to happen. I think to Luke's point, this is all I was gonna say that I think it's the picking a direction. And if they do pick this to stick with Dame, they need to deplete everything they have and get actual needle movers, like stars. You, I yeah. think you you need to land cat and and or honestly, I agree with the Zion thing. Like the upside's really, really strong there. The one the one that I was looking at, and I know
0: we mentioned it earlier in the season of like, what are they gonna do? Uh, the Clippers. It sounds like they're not blowing it up, which, uh, you know, for better or for worse, that's their decision. I thought Paul George for three. If the Clippers decided, you know what, this isn't working. If you do three plus for Paul George, Paul George with Dame would be a pretty damn good team. hundred percent. That's one where I am tempted, but it doesn't sound like the Clippers are blowing it up. Because they're all in rumors about
2: trying to get Chris Paul. So, well... We always think about the boomer bust, right? It's like you either win a championship or you don't. And if you don't win a championship, well, it's a failure, you know? 2019s um, don't win. 2019s don't
0: yeah. win a championship.
2: I know. But when you think about the Clippers, right, they, I think we sent a little like, blurb to each other. Uh, they've had 10 straight winning seasons, about 500, which means they're making the playoffs almost every year. They're in a big market. You know, I'm sure Paul George sells jerseys. I'm sure... I might not sell as many, but I'm sure he's selling jerseys, right? So, you know, if you can manage your balance sheet, if you're making the playoffs and you're getting the TV shares and you're selling jerseys and merch and things like that, there's nothing wrong with not winning a championship every year. And, you know, with their current team, I don't think they will. The thing Um,
0: is, how it's kind of like how we look at Portland. How long do you sit on this? Because you're going to lose value in those trades if you just keep these guys there. Because they are injury prone and whatever, and not the game is, but I'm just saying like... Hawaii and Paul George each have their issues. Like their trade value goes down every day. You keep them on your roster.
2: Yeah. I don't think either of those guys are going to, I think both of those guys will end up retiring a clipper. Um, Interesting. I, you know, I I think they're going to continue to make the playoffs. Uh, It's about drafting, right? I think they have a fantastic, they have have a great coach in Tyloo. I think he can make the right adjustments. Um, They have guys on their rosters that they can make moves, right? Like um, Marcus Morris is making like 18 million a year. You could do something with that. Um, you know, again, I don't think they're going to do anything crazy, but um, you can you 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 can build a team. You know, there are rumors that Chris Paul might go there. I think that's a good fit if they can keep Russell Westbrook kind of be like a spark plug off the bench, whatever it is. You know, um, again, I, I really think they have a a good future, but not a great future. And uh, you know, when the time comes, the guys will retire, they'll move on, they'll they'll uh, find new ways to rebuild and get better. That said, if they were healthy, I mean,
0: they won Game One against the Suns. Like, I, I hey, and they didn't have Paul George for it.
2: I, I'm, a, I'm a big Clippers fan. I believe in Kawhi and Paul George. They just, both of them have to be incredibly healthy. And I right. don't think either of them in are theory, given enough time like, to their get there. Roster,
0: and I know the Suns obviously don't, they literally do not have a bench right now. In theory, I like their roster more than I like the Suns. Like, I, I still don't think the Suns are, I mean, I think it depends what they do. Obviously, free agency, free agency hasn't started and whatever. But like, they have no other assets and things. They're going to have to sign people to like, that mins and stuff like that. <sighs> depending on how they fill out that roster, I really don't love it. Because you have three great guys. You're gonna have two like over 40% spot up shooters constantly planted in the corner. And then one of your good guys is going to be on the ball, whether that's Booker, Durant, or Beal. So like it's gonna be hard as hell to stop, but the defense is not going to be great, depending on what they do. And then the bench is going to be trash. So Yeah. I still don't think the West runs through them. It's definitely Denver. They're probably a second. They're probably in second. But yikes! We'll see, we have to see what LA does. I think
2: the Lakers are another
1: uh right. Both LA wild card
2: weird off seasons too.
1: The Lakers are a wild card, but what can they do? And then Luke, you, you're crazy, and Matthew, you're crazy. How many more years are we going to keep doing the same thing? Where we're like, in theory, if the Clippers don't get hurt, I'm over it. It's just done. Because the one year I say I'm off the Clippers is going to be they're the going to win it, and then yeah. good. Then I'm saying it. I'm off. Like five years of this, they're
2: going to be like the Celtics. You know, like a 36 year old Kawhi Leonard has a MVP caliber playoff series, and over it. Is it, over it. Anyway,
0: so let's say, let's say Dame is on the market. Where do you want him to go? Miami. You want him in Miami. I don't because I also just don't. I, that team.
2: As long as we have Julius Randle on the Knicks, I don't think we're going much farther than the Eastern Conference Finals. I would oh, love to even see i I'm saying it from a Knicks, Knicks perspective.
0: I'm saying it from a. I just don't. That Miami team was like chippy, dirty, and I, I don't love Pat Riley. Like. Yeah, but
2: why are they chippy and dirty? It's because, you know, their most prominent players are chippy and dirty. But if you replace like Kyle Lowry with Damian Lillard, you get Tyler Hero back, I think you see a little less of it. Um, obviously, guess. there's a lot of conversation about Ben Bios moving screens. A couple of them got called later in the uh, playoffs. Finally. But...
0: It was about time. I was literally it was in my living room for every game, not even just the Knicks series, but like every pick is a moving screen. It's insane with that guy.
2: And he hurts. Yeah. It. It's the crazy. NBA plays so fast. It, like, uh, no, the screens are the so hard to call. need to be better. But,
0: well, that's the other thing this offseason. I know we're talking just about the teams, and this is just a, a little. I'm gonna digress on this one little thing, but they have to like send them all to refing boot camp or something. Cause did everyone forget how to be a referee? They all sucked this year. It was like universally a horribly officiated season and postseason.
2: I think the NBA asked them to call it in a certain type of way. So, you know, you uh, you say like you know we want this these types of fouls to be called and those types of fouls to be called. I mean, game five. I thought there was gonna game five of the finals. I thought there was gonna be a fight. They like were what? elbowing each other, they were pushing each other, but and also hard fouls every other play. It's like
1: but
0: then Jimmy Butler gets that three-pointer where there's barely any attack. Uh, that
2: was
1: egregious. That was the and worst they review
0: call. it and still called it. I mean, thankfully Denver still won that game, but like it is it's just horrible. Like, I don't understand how it's that bad. And that one you even had the chance to review and you still called it. So like something's gotta give. Like I really do think there's enough people out there who are questioning the integrity of the the officials. I mean it doesn't the help M- that one of them is now being is under investigation by the league, but
2: yeah, the NBA like uh NBA is going to have to make some changes obviously from like a league the standpoint they're going to tell the refs to be a little different, but I think they probably set a tone, they wanted to set a tone going into the season and they they probably just tried to keep it constant. and they'll make the adjustment in the offseason, but we'll see actually
0: um, if Dame does not get treated to traded to Miami, what do you want Miami to do? Because they don't have that many options, but I've seen everything they said is they're going big game hunting, but it seems like the big game that's out there was Beal, which they're obviously not getting Dame in this scenario. They're not getting who the hell
2: else. They're not trading for Zion. I think they need an elite movement shooter. If they don't get Dame adding someone like a Fred Van I think would be a great option for them.
0: Um... Hear me out. Hear me out, and I know we've, we have our, our negative things. If you could swing some sort of trade to get Carl Anthony Towns there, because Bam could be your more of your defender and he could be your stretch. Yeah, I, I, could,
2: I could see it. So that's
0: if they're taking a swing, if they're committed to taking a swing, because I don't think that's the best fit, but if they're destined on like, we got to go out there and do something. If I'm Miami, I'd
2: think more about Porzingis than I would think about Towns, mostly yeah. because of the contract and also... I think Porzingis fits a little better. I think you're I think you right. I think you can slide Bam down to the four. I think he's athletic enough to guard perimeter players at times, especially like a Tatum. Right. But, um, like, I'm not so sure if Towns is the rim protector you need if you move Bam to four um, yeah. and you put him on the perimeter. So you get someone like Porzingis who is obviously a good shooter just like Towns, but also offers a little more rim protection. And um, neither of them are outstanding rebounders, I don't think. Porzingis is probably not as good as Towns, but if you've Bam in with Porzingis, I don't think it's going to be a big deal.
0: Right. That I mean, that was kind of my thought process there. I'm just trying to think of like, you know, they did. They said they were going for a home run swing after losing the finals. And like, I don't know what that is now. Because if it's it, not Dane, there isn't one. There isn't that to, home run swing. Now.
1: Am I to believe the Bulls news that they would... Oh, uh, Levine. Drake Levine. Like, Levine feels like a Heat player. But I just... It's not a home run, but it's something. He's a but better
0: I he version of hero, is what he would be for them. He'd be, be what? He'd be a better version of Hero for them. Which could be very valuable, but... Really
1: better, I think.
0: Right. right, that's what I'm saying. So, like, I mean, you have your guy who can create offense. That's why I thought them, you know, obviously Dame is the bigger fish, but they probably could have made a harder push for Beal. Because Beal would have solved all their postseason problems. You needed a guy who could go dribble and get you a basket, and they didn't really have it.
2: I mean, in a, in a perfect world, when you think about the Miami Heat, I think if they could upgrade their forward spot, they need a big forward. I don't think if you're going to play Max Struess and Caleb Martin at power forward, you're going to be successful. Um, I don't know. So they I, made
0: the finals.
2: You know, I, I think but yes. they got really lucky in that first round when Giannis got injured, like, the first five minutes of game one and then missed two games, and there just wasn't enough time to make a comeback. Randall also but,
0: had surgery on his ankle right after the po- right after that series. And you yeah, have, but, guys in Boston were dinged up too.
1: Is there a universe where Philly puts it all out on the line for game, or not really? Maybe. No, I, I think they Harden's have coming back, back
0: right? Because they traded a uh, you know a decent amount to get Harden. So like, I don't know what it
1: looks like. What's the Harris package? Where's what's I the? I thought har- that
0: they're trying to dump Harris, which okay. like
1: so that's going to happen. But I wonder what you, you pull in with that.
0: You'd have to do picks. You would have to attach picks to him cuz the team trading for him is looking at him as like a that's a negative contract.
1: I mean, you yeah. get like a Kuzma back. Like the, Wiz- yeah, the, H- the Wizards, yep. the Wizards are the sellers if you do a right. sign.
0: And I mean, they're looking to take on money just to, you know, accumulate picks, so yeah, sure. Um yeah, I mean, it's going to be I also saw I mean, Harden's obviously kind of 50-50 between Houston and Philly going back. But I I saw something recently that he's probably going back to Philly. So that might – does that influence you, I guess, depending on how much that contract is for?
2: I really don't mind the Philadelphia's – the Sixers roster. I think – I also think it's tough that they kind of blame Doc Rivers for this, but so many years in a row. Yeah. Um,
0: right. I mean, it's tough. I, I am curious what Nick Nurse will do with this roster. Just because, like, look – I know Nurse won that championship, but like, how much of that was him? Because this Raptors team, like on paper, isn't bad, and they were bad with him. So I know they won that one. They, they have no, they have no size. A ton of luck in the final itself with the injuries, and they had Kawhi who made one of the best postseason baskets maybe ever. So like, how much of that? Yeah, no,
2: been? I I think the key with the Sixers is. Uh, playing like a skewed pace where you have four guys who push the pace and then you have Embiid trail the play. Um, I don't think Embiid's very fast and I think him sprinting is a bad idea. Probably. Mostly because he's injury prone. I don't want him like sprinting full speed and going up for a dunk and no. breaking his hand or something like that. But no, he just, just like, I slows like down. Harden
0: going back. Playing a little more half court
2: is honestly okay with me. No, I, I think Harden and the other three guys should be playing fast they should be running it right and then Good here here comes Embiid you you feed him the ball at the three-point line you get it to him at the free throw line that's his that's his most efficient shot walking into it like a free throw line jumper and that, that's all they need right like you play fast you get to beat the ball and then it's Embiid in the half court you know you give them 15 seconds to create something
0: that and I think they need to bank on Maxi taking a bigger jump I think everyone was kind of hoping he would do more this postseason than he did. And not that he disappeared. He didn't. He played fine. But I think he was going to be way more integral for them to actually have a chance of making the final. So little things like that. But yeah, otherwise, I mean, I think the
2: roster is okay. I think if they get smaller at uh, power forward, I know PJ Tucker not very tall, but I think if they get someone more mobile, I think that would be good for them.
0: Well, yeah. He also um, PJ Tucker. Part of the incentive is that he hits the corner three, and he was not doing that this
2: year. So that's also that's also like a half court thing, right? Like you you want to stretch the, to the corner. Um, but like if you can get someone who can run out and transition, I like Tobias Harris at at power forward. Um, if they can make so can much money that I think it makes more sense for them to move him to
0: fill the holes a little more efficiently. True. Sure. So that's the one reason I'm like ah, he's probably got to go. But I do like Tobias Harris. I don't think he's like a bad player.
2: Uh, yeah, I also yeah. think some of those games that Philly Philly lost, I kind of put it on and Harden. There were time I think the elimination game they had against the Sixers, Harden brought like zero intensity from the opening tip. Yeah. Like he just he was downright like bad, and watching him like hurt me physically. I was like, I can't stand this. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's definitely you know pros and cons to
0: it. A lot of these decisions they'll make but yeah i don't know again i'm using michael not to come back to you again i'm using the barometer of like are they better than denver and like on paper you could see some of these teams and say all right maybe they can beat denver but i'd say right now currently there's like three or four who, teams where i would, would think that
1: who would you say the top
0: dog in the east is
1: easy that's easy <laughs> i think it's
0: milwaukee but i think it depends it depends on the Chris Middleton thing, because that's also gonna be weird. Brooke Lopez is a free agent. So like they have things they need to figure out, but I still think,
2: Who do you think Eon, they hired a head coach.
1: Uh they took the Raptors assistant. I forget his name. Um I think I don't know his name either, and I think that's why I like it so much. I think staying away from the carousel of the big names. Adrian Griffin. Yeah. Adrian uh, Griffin? Yeah, he was he was with the Raptors for the last five seasons
0: as an assistant.
1: Like those are the gurus who like whisper to the players on the on the sideline and are the X's and O's guy. I just think it's going to be a good fresh.
2: I think the Bucks need to downsize.
0: Yeah, and- I mean, but but in that same way, like if you're going to be playing Giannis at center, everyone around him needs to be able to shoot. It's almost it's going to remind me a little bit of like, well, I mean, you can't just pack. That. Bobby Bobby Portis can shoot. I wonder if they're going to bring Bobby Portis back. I know they like him. I saw he he might be looking for a change. I saw he likes Darvin Ham and might want to go to the Lakers to reunite with Darvin Ham. Interesting. Yeah. Again, just speculation you see on the internet. So I don't know how valuable that is. But yeah, that was a rumor.
1: Milwaukee is the only team in the East I can see giving Jokic a hard time. And it's because as long as the Celtics are coached by Missoula, I think they can't win. I think they're a little too scrambled. Honestly, Oh, that was an eyebrow raise. I I think that they were so disorganized, and I think that's what crushed them in the end.
2: I don't, I don't think Jalen Brown can go left, and Eric Spolscher knows that. Yeah, he got, oh, he got exposed oh, pretty oh, hard. Yes,
1: that, he got exposed, so that was bad. But then I also think when you really don't have a game plan, that's weird. The other thing, too, is Jalen Brown's probably signing that extension this summer. Yeah,
2: 300 mil?
0: That and so they're going to have no money.
2: I about mean, really
1: not this season it's after it's after this season but like it was smart to pay him that because then now he's an asset too right you're, you're gonna cool. ultimately trade him probably something yeah but no
0: i i get it i think in the east in my head it's still those three i think it's still the celtics the bucks and the sixers as like the top again free agency hasn't happened the draft hasn't happened we don't really know what things look like so like the heat if they trade for dame obviously that raises their ceiling um you know, there could be a few different moves that happen here or there. I don't know that Cleveland can do much. I don't know that the Knicks will do much. Um, I'm trying to think now just who was even in the playoffs. But, like, Atlanta maybe does something. But I don't know how much that changes their trajectory. So, like... Atlanta's always trying
2: to do something they never do.
0: Right, exactly. John Collins is always in trade rumors, and that never happens. So, like, no. Realistically, it's it's going to be those teams again. The, the three of them are still at the top of the East. And we'll see what happens, like, where they kind of plug holes now in the offseason. In the West, obviously, I'm saying comparing to Denver, so I put Denver at the top. The Suns, just with the three of them, it's not. It would be irresponsible of me to say that they didn't have a chance. Um, I think, like, you're probably going to have to count the Lakers in because they just made the conference final. You're probably going to have to,
2: you know, one to
1: Shock you haven't yes. said. Oh, okay. Well,
2: well, Draymond leaving. I think leaving that's them? a huge. That's a huge tidbit of information that we're not talking yes. about because <laughs> don't get me wrong it's Stephen clay scoring all the points but draymond is the engine that moves that machine so he's super
0: valuable i saw that the warriors are optimistic he's going to come back but he's testing free agency like i don't think he's necessarily committed to going back there it's
2: yet. it's not something you want to see right like you you you, wanna, you want to you want him to commit him cool,
0: is what they should do I, I think that locker room hasn't recovered from the punch. Jordan Poole struggled for them in the postseason anyway. Like, honestly, and during the regular season, he was just he just heat checks. Someone will trade for him, and you just try and remove the drama out of the locker room. I saw that they're also looking to move Kaminga. So, like, you make those moves, you bring back Draymond, and you retool around them. I like it a little more. Also, Wiggins missed a ton of time. Like, maybe you come back next year and you're feeling a little better, but you do have to make some changes. Yeah.
2: Uh, DiVincenzo might be out.
0: Yeah, I think that's that might be a reality. He might actually be gone. Um, not that I, that's like the be-all end-all, but it matters.
1: I'm excited. I would like Draymond to leave because I'm actually excited. Let's just find out if he's not the engine. I'm done with this. Like, yeah, he's the spiritual leader. He's an ass, and he's really an irritator. And like most of these really good teams need to have that like attitude guy. That and if, yes, I know he's yeah, bringing
2: Dylan Brooks.
1: I know. He has, <laughs> I know he has vision. I know he has all of this type of stuff, but if you're passing to the best shooter that's ever lived, you're going to have a lot of assists. So
0: yeah, of course,
1: you know, I, I'm not discounting that he's good, but
0: I do think he, his plays elevated by being next to them. because their their styles match very well. Um, like I don't think Draymond works on every team. I think Steph and clay work on every team. So
2: I, yeah, I, I think, um, I think if Draymond's not in a Golden State Warriors type system, he won't be effective. I think it's a bad contract. That's how I look at it.
0: And I mean, I've seen the rumors. Everyone says he's, you know, friends with LeBron, maybe the Lakers, maybe the Mavericks.
2: He tweeted at LeBron today.
0: Heat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> maybe the Heat, but like uh, the Heat are the only one where I'm like, okay, I understand that because he's, he's such a Pat Riley type player, but he's going to start fights in that locker room. You know
2: it. Jimmy Butler starts fights in that locker room. Jimmy Butler <laughs> started a fight with their head coach.
0: I know, but I'm just saying, you can't add too many hotheads
2: into one locker room. It's not going to think they. I think you'd be surprised about the number of hotheads they have in Miami. I think Kyle Lowry definitely starts fights in that locker room. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. telling me right now when Kyle Lowry trips you in practice, you're not scoring up on him? I do think him going to Dallas,
0: though, like in that same vein, is a mistake, because he's not going to jive with... The
2: guys there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, no, uh... The Mavericks need to run like a James Harden rocket system where like you put the ball in Lucas' hands and, and you let him go to work. And you have to I think know. about like what what made that rocket seem so successful? Adding a dynamic duo in Chris Paul, right? It, it, you yep. gotta run that pick and roll. So I think That's Kyrie's a good variable. fit. Now He's that I'm cool.
0: thinking about Dallas, this is now reminding me. The Kyrie situation is unresolved. Is he going back to Dallas? Which, I mean, the rumors kind of seem like that's probably what's happening. It seems like the Lakers aren't in play. The Heat said they were interested. So maybe if they miss Dame, that's your solution. You go get Kyrie. But I don't know. It would be catastrophic for the Mavericks if he just walks. If you make that trade, you miss the playoffs outright. You now have the 11th pick and he leaves. It's awful. It would literally, it's hard. That would be the worst case scenario. So I'm almost rooting for it because I want to see how long it takes Luke to ask for a trade, but okay. I'm curious. No, hey, hey, hey. Uh, you know, because I've heard he's already pissed. <laughs> like he's not happy. So apparently, during Penny
2: Smith was his best friend on the team, and they traded him. So
0: like they're literally <laughs> doing everything wrong to keep him. So it would it would just make me laugh if Kyrie walked in typical Kyrie fashion. He brings them from fourth in the West to out of the playoffs, out of the play mm-hmm.
2: entirely, and then just leaves. And Luca comes to New York and Julius Randall's like, I can't be on the team with Luca, and he leaves. That's yeah, that's the
0: dream right there. Um, all right. So we've been on for a while. I do want to touch on this because it's only a couple days away. Let's talk about the draft. Luke, I know you're very dialed in on a lot of the prospects. This is actually the least draft recon I have done. Honestly, I in the last 10 years. Uh, like I really I know like the top few guys um normally i know like everyone in the first round and like a few celebs in the in the second but this year i'm a little fuzzy so i want luke i want your
2: i'm yeah. big i'm big on the draft express on twitter so every time he posts i'm like ooh, i gotta look this guy up so um obviously i think it's like unanimous victor when the yama's gonna go one and then there's kind of like a race for two between scoot henderson and brandon miller i think scoot henderson uh, is more NBA ready, but I think Brandon Miller is that prototype, like six eight six nine shooter yeah. can do a little bit of playmaking. Like you don't really know who he could be, and he could be elite, right? Like I think his upside is like prime Paul George, um, so like really dangerous could okay. be really really good. Um, and then you have the two Thompson twins, who ESPN is in high regards with, and I kind of consider them like Shaden Sharp. Um, I know Shaden Sharp went like seven last year, but that's because he had connections the Thompson twins are going to do the same thing. They're going to know somebody in like Houston or something like that. And they're going to get drafted at that spot. Um, One of them is very good. He's like six, seven plays more of like a combo guard type player. Um, The other one's more of like a wing, but he's got a weird shot release kind of like Lonzo ball. It's clunky. It doesn't really work. So I'm not high on him. I'm not high on the second one. Um, And I'm generally not as hot on them as some of the other prospects below them. Like Cam Whitmore, or Jairus Walker. Because you they like, played against high schoolers. like scorers. Whitmore and Walker more than the two of them. I would like, if I'm Houston at four, I would seriously consider Jairus Walker, who upside has like defensive player of the year potential, right? Like kind of like a Draymond level defender, long arms, block shots, very mobile, high motor. Um, and you saw that all throughout his time at Houston. So um, really, really interesting. I think Cam Whitmore is an insane athlete. Can do a little bit of everything before, on offense. Fun
0: fact about Cam Whitmore, he was just training with Carmelo Anthony. I, I saw like a workout video, but make it that way you will. I love Melo. So that made me a little higher on Cam Whitmore than I was before.
2: And then as we get farther down, like uh, Taylor Hendricks out of UCF is more of like an unknown. I think he played really well at UCF, but not a Power Five conference school, 6'9 shooter. 3D very movie. good.
0: I saw rumors too, because obviously you're now looking a little further down, and that's where Washington is. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen the conversation now around them. I saw that they might like Anthony Black out of uh, Arkansas too. He's like another.
2: He's he's the biggest risk player. He doesn't have a good jump shot, but he's like six seven. They list him as shooting guard, but he really he's a point guard. So um, yeah, that that, it's a really interesting pick. He's a downhill attacker, plays defense. um, Yeah, could be really valuable. Right.
0: I saw that I that's that rumor that they might take a swing at him just because if you're going to be bad, now's the time to take a little take some risks.
2: He's a lot like Kate Cunningham without a jump shot. Mm-hmm. Don't I know him. nothing, and I like the
1: draft is never my conversation. I never do the research. I know the first five or six, and then I learn who they are. Draft night is like when you're going for Anthony Black. Is worst case he's Michael Carter Williams. Ugh. Like, mm-hmm.
2: like, yeah, like, it could it could be that that's... bad. A tall point guard,
0: he is good defensively, too. That was a lot of the tape I was watching was like his, his defensive highlight reel. He's um, big, he's strong, he's athletic. right? And that's kind of it. Um, so like, he's yeah, I, I mean, there's a reason he's not going higher in the draft, and it's because he's not the best shooter, yeah. Um, speaking of I mean, shooters, though, Grady Dick, I like, uh, and he's currently uh projected to go 11th to the Magic.
2: Yeah, not a bad pick.
0: Um, because they need like they don't. I honestly, I wouldn't mind if the Magic tried to move up. To be perfectly honest, like I don't need them drafting two rookies in this in this draft class. They have six mm-hmm. and eleven. Like, if you could trade six and eleven to move up somehow, I would think about it.
2: Yeah, but who do you get? Like, let's say you say you trade six and eleven for four. Right. I guess realistically, right? Portland's not trading
0: three for six and eleven, but. If, if that would be the target for me, because if I or if I'm honestly Charlotte, does one guy change the trajectory of your franchise? No, I might want to take two swings. So like maybe they want two lottery picks in this draft.
2: I think if I'm, I think if I'm Orlando, I need to think about Franz Wagner and Paulo. I think both of them are going to be their core moving forward. They're both like six foot nine forwards. Probably. Carter's probably in there, too. Yeah, but I'm not so concerned about Carter and his role. I think he does everything very well. He rebounds. He can shoot a little bit. Uh, yeah, he can he score should. in the post, things like that. So um, I think no matter uh, what team I have, I think Wendell Carter will find a role. It's about maximizing Paulo first and uh, Wagner second. Um, yeah. I don't think Markel Fultz is a long-term solution at point guard, so maybe you think about drafting someone like Jalen hood Schifino you know, out of IU who played Purdue twice or three times, and he scored, like, 30 points on us every single time. So, um, yeah, you could also go big risk. Like, Derek Lively's been a big riser. Um, yeah. Center out of Duke, didn't play well at Duke, but obviously athletic and talented. Um, Victor Wambanyama's teammate, Bilal... I can't say his last name.
0: Kulublay? Cool, uh, cool
2: yeah. yeah. Su- super athlete. I think he probably projects to be more like Usman Dang. He's definitely more of a project than anything. Um, yeah. I could see you that. Could, you could also move down. I think they're I think this draft is super deep, but like Keontae George has always been in the highlights. I think uh um super valuable player. He's gonna get drafted in the middle of the third, in the middle of the first round. Um Jet Howard, big riser, Chris Murray. Obviously, you know what Keegan Murray does. They're I think they're twins actually. So um, or mm, maybe one's a little younger, maybe Chris a little younger. Um but even then, like as we get to the end of the first and into the second round, like Jaime Haquez, who's been good at UCLA for a long time. Yeah. Um, so I, I think this draft is super deep. I think you're going to find a lot of talent everywhere you go. Um, right. And that's
0: the, the other thing too, is I do envision there being a lot of movement just because, and I know I keep getting back to the CBA, but you're going to have teams that are thinking like, all right, do I want to pick in this draft or do I want to trade it now and try and get future picks? Cause I'm going to need cheaper contracts in the future. So, like, I do envision there being a lot of, like, the the late round trades that, like, might not seem that significant, but, like, probably make a huge difference down the road. So, like, I do envision that. I think there's a few teams. Um, I mean, like, look at the Pacers have 29 and 26. Like, do they need to take both of those picks? No. They might package those and try and move up to, like, I don't know, 18, something like that. Try and move up sure. a little. So, like... I just, could, I do think there is going to be a little more movement, and hopefully, like it being a deeper class, as you're saying, helps facilitate that because more teams feel pressure to be like, all right, we want to go get our guy. Um, but who knows? It's going to be right. Like the Nets have 21 and 22. What the hell are they doing with those? If you're taking, uh-huh. both, you don't need both. You have a glut of wings on your team. I you I, I, play guard, but
2: I, I see a lot of these prospects on the list, right? I think at the top of the draft, one through seven, you have a lot of potential to find an all star. And obviously, Victor Wembanyama could be all NBA. Scoot Henderson could be all NBA. Brandon Miller could be all NBA. Um, but like between twenty-five and forty, I think there's a lot of like early contributors, Solid. shooting guard go- guys. You know, seniors who have proven to be uh, top-level shooters, uh, high-level defenders, things like that. So, right, there's va- there's value all over this draft, and I, I think you're right. You will see some movers. I think you'll you'll see trades like what Denver did, where they they turn yep. something into like two seconds um like I mean, that's gonna also, be huge for denver, denver So denver
1: got
0: christian brown last year at 21 and he was instrumental in them winning walker kessler went 22nd overall now i'm looking i think yeah uh i mean not that he did much but nicole jovic on the heat um he's in the finals like, he played a couple Andrew minutes. Nemhard went 31 uh which Jalen Williams was good? Now I'm getting confused.
2: <laughs> the one the one from Santa Barbara. City yeah. one. Um there's two on Oklahoma. There's both two. Of them. Yeah. Big one.
1: Big one.
0: They took they took one at 34, and that was the Arkansas one. So not him.
2: Yeah, the Arkansas one, they're both very good, but the one from Santa Barbara is like Santa Clara. Yeah. It's very good. Oh, am I wrong? Is it is he not the bigger one? The, the bigger the one's like a stretch four or five. five. I'm wrong.
1: It's the other Jalen Williams is the good one.
2: Yeah, and he he's like a shooting guard, small forward, but really plays like a ball handler role. He's legit. He's really freaking good.
0: Yeah,
1: Oklahoma
2: back in this draft. Oklahoma City has a lot of really really talented young players. Um, Yeah, so they do,
0: and they have picks galore. They're going to be one that I think does the opposite, where like they have so many picks in the future that they're eventually going to be just shelling them out. Kind of like they just did. Wait, who the hell was in the Denver trade? They were in the
2: Denver trade. Um, Yeah. But I think they traded like a second or something like
0: that. Yeah. It was weird trade or it was like future Denver got more recent first for, and they took a Denver future first, which like makes more sense. You're consolidating those picks for something that yeah, down the line might not be a good pick for Denver, but realistically you're not using all those picks now anyway. So
2: I don't know. I like it. Hey, I you know, I think Denver moving back in this getting getting two second round picks in the shop. I think it's going to be huge. Um, they have holes to fill, uh, especially at center. So I think there's probably somebody they're going to pick up late in the draft who does a little bit of everything.
0: Um. All right, we've been on here for a while, but I do just want to say, what is your if you had to pick out a draft day surprise? What do you think's happening on draft night? where we're going to be like, oh my god.
2: Uh I think we're going to be a little shocked about who goes number 2. It'll obviously be Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson, but will Do be you like, think there's a trade? Uh at the Does top of the draft. I don't know. I could I Charlotte's going to hold on to their pick. They they seriously have no future. So, uh Portland I could, I could see them moving out of 3, but unlikely.
0: Mine, I've obviously heard the rumors of the Pacers trying to trade seven. I think that would be a little interesting. Um, I think the Mavericks probably trade ten. I don't know why they'd use that pick. Like you can can get a contributor at ten. I know, but you need yeah. I guess you could, but someone ready day one. Like they're going to look to add a vet or like a few vets to kind of fill out their roster. Maybe move back or something. I don't know, but. Like they currently are drafting, they're pegged to draft Derek Lively, and like, does that move the needle?
2: No, but let's say like three years, maybe you know. I think you have three uh, years,
0: especially in my doomsday scenario where Kyrie Kyrie walks.
1: (laughs) My crystal ball for the surprises—it's wishy-washy. It's like not a—it's kind of a cop out, but I think. One or both of Portland and New Orleans are going to pick their directions. To use Luke's language, they're going to pick their path, and they're going to pick their path by the draft.
0: God, I can't wait! This week's going to be so much fun. It's going to be rumors just for three straight days. When's the draft? Thursday night. I think it's at eight or eight thirty Eastern. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Although the Knicks don't have a first rounder, which is definitely a bummer.
2: Yeah.
1: Was the next so one for me? But we're just running it back.
2: Yeah. Uh let's uh, fire Tibbs. See uh, what happens. Yeah, I feel like we need to we need to end
0: every podcast just saying that manifest <laughs> it. I don't know. I still need to listen to Randall on uh, Paul George's podcast today, yeah. to talking about the Knicks. I'm curious to hear what he had to say. I saw a few snippets, and honestly, it seemed like a pretty good interview, and it made me feel bad about being so negative about him. But he's got to go. Tibbs has got to go. In time. In time. In time. All right. Well, does anyone have any other little tidbits they want to add?
2: No. No, no.
0: We've hit on everything. Yeah. For now, we have. You know, but between now and when we release things, something weird's going to come out. Bradley Beal. That's why we love Biel,
2: yeah. calls it off to Phoenix and heads to Miami.
1: Ugh. that would be fun. That we would pick. be a fun thing. I really don't want Dame in Miami. I don't. I'm sorry, Luke. that's that's the one thing I don't want to see this week. Why? I just don't. I, just I, freaking I, Pat Riley. That's why.
2: He'd
1: yeah. be good, though.
0: I mean, it would be a it would be a fun addition, and like it makes. It makes it more entertaining. It makes the East very competitive. Not that it wasn't already, but.
1: I think my Knicks fandom is just bleeding into that.
0: No, I I just, I, and yeah, I mean, I guess it gets Lowry off the team because there's no way he's making it through that. So I don't like Lowry. Lowry needs to like retire or something. I'm done with Lowry. But (laughs)
1: Luke,
0: Luke not sharing the same negative
2: center that I'm, I'm I mean, I don't like him, but you know he's an nba player I, I appreciate his uh masterclass i guess all right that's that's nice of you i guess
0: i need to i need to be a little better he's just so little like he's so handsy and dirty i don't like it i'm sounding like honestly that that same sentence could have applied to zion with the news that came out this past week <laughs> sorry all right Cle- clearly it's it's <laughs> we've been on for a while i'm getting tired yeah god how long are we on now no like an hour but oh yeah it's an average episode yeah we did fine um so if no one else has anything i will close us out um for all of our listeners thank you for tuning in we are the hoot true podcast and join us
2: next time